Hi, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Big Book of New Testament Questions and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Kramer, and I'll be continuing our discussion on the Book of Romans. This New Testament epistle, or letter, was written by the Apostle Paul, one of the most outspoken followers of Christ. Let's pick up where we left off. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. The question is, why don't the Jews believe that Jesus is the Savior? Did Genesis speak of our freedom of choice? The answer is, the Jews who refuse to believe in Jesus cannot do so because he is a stumbling block to them. See Luke chapter 20, Romans chapter 9, and 1 Peter chapter 2. Jesus is a stumbling block to anyone who thinks that the Savior will come as a reward for good works or genetic superiority. 1 Corinthians 1 verses 18 through 24. Jesus saved all people by taking their place under the law, and having done so, was crucified as an insurrectionist and murderer. See Mark chapter 15, Galatians chapter 4, and Philippians chapter 2. If Jesus took the place of every person under the law, and that condemned him to an accursed death, then every person must be guilty of eternal condemnation under the law, from which Jesus redeemed us. But a vain, proud, and self-righteous person refuses to admit he is guilty before the law, and therefore rejects Jesus, as did the religious leaders of Jesus' time. Luke chapter 4, verses 23 through 30. There's a profound difference between freedom to choose and a variety of choices. Adam and Eve were able to make choices as choices were available to them, but they lacked the wisdom and power to make only good choices. They were bound by their limitations. Since the fall of Adam and Eve, we suffer from even greater limitations, which is why we depend on God to make good decisions for us and to teach us what good choices are. See John chapter 15, 2 Timothy chapters 12 through 13, and Deuteronomy chapter 30. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The question is, how do you know if you believe in your heart? How does Paul understand confess and believe? Is it a work that I can do or an action produced by faith? The answer is, the conditional statement beginning with if is simple and clear. The truth is, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Now the question is, how does a person come by such a heart and such a mouth? We know that the heart with which we are conceived is deceitful, desperately wicked, and the source of everything wicked. See Genesis chapter 6, Jeremiah chapter 17, and Mark chapter 7. We know that our mouths and tongues are a world of iniquity. James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Therefore, if we are to be a person who believes and confesses Christ, we must have a new heart and a new mouth, which only the Lord himself can provide. See Ezekiel chapter 36 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Faith itself is God's work, depending on his power and his working in us through his word and spirit. See 1 Peter chapter 1, John chapter 6, and Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. The question is, if the same Lord is Lord of all, and the Jews believe in this Lord, 
why aren't they saved? The answer is, Jews and Gentiles have the same Creator, the same Savior, and the same means of salvation. See Acts chapters 10 and 17, Galatians chapter 3, and Ephesians chapter 4. No matter who you are, if you insist on rejecting the redemption of Christ in order to be judged according to your own life, under the law, you will be condemned. See John chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, and Galatians chapters 3 and 5. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The question is, if we do nothing to receive salvation, why does Paul say, quoting Joel, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? What does this passage say regarding denominations and other issues that divide the church? The answer is, thanks to God, the true church, the body of Christ, is one and can never be divided or separated from its head. See Matthew chapter 16, John chapter 10, Romans chapter 8, and Ephesians chapter 4. Calling on the name of the Lord is not at all the same as calling, Lord, Lord. The name of the Lord is the Word of God, John 1 verses 1 and 14. Calling on the name of the Lord means remembering and relying upon that Word of the Lord. See Genesis chapters 4, 12, 13, and 26, 1 Kings chapter 18, Psalm 116, and Matthew chapter 28. Calling Jesus Lord when you don't believe He is your Lord is hypocrisy which the light of truth always exposes. See Matthew chapters 3, 7, and 23. How would it be possible for the Lord Jesus not to know a person who remains in his word? John 8 verses 31 through 32. It's impossible to believe in God but not to call on his name, since his word is what regenerates us and works faith in our hearts. See John chapters 1 and 6, Romans chapter 10, James chapter 1, and 1 Peter chapter 1. Issues that divide people into denominations must be significant or there would not be a division. Denominations may be known by their faithfulness to or their variance from the fundamental teachings of the Bible. The only way to know if a denomination is committed to the truth or to error is by searching the Word and comparing the teaching of that denomination or church to the Word. See Acts chapter 17, Romans chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and 1 John chapter 4. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? The question is, what happens to those who have not heard the gospel? The answer is, only God knows what happens to anyone in the end. We have tremendous promises and assurances that a person who remains in the Word has everlasting life. See John chapters 6, 8, 10, 11, and 15, 1 Peter chapter 1, and 1 John chapter 3. In addition to these promises, the Bible reminds us that God has given a witness to Himself through nature and that His mercy remains upon those who fear Him. See Psalm 19, Acts chapter 17, Romans chapters 1 and 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, Luke chapter 1, Matthew chapter 18, and 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We hope for God's mercy to rest upon all while we work diligently to bring clarity about and assurance of that mercy to all as soon as possible. See Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, and Romans chapter 1. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Big Book of New Testament Questions and Answers podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the questions and answers we've been discussing today. 
For more helpful tools and a free Bible study guide, visit cph.org. Join me next week as we continue exploring the Book of Romans.